I'd like my wife Joanne to stand up. I'm going to introduce her in Sunday school. I know uh, some of you in the back probably can't see her. Men. Now, uh, I've told people already this morning, um, yes, we are Bob's parents. Don't hold that against us. We did the best we could. Amen. Uh, he's not here right now, so I can say these things. But, uh, but we, are, we are really, really thankful to be here this morning. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Job chapter number 1. Job chapter number 1. God has given us a unique ministry. He gave us a unique life. gave us a unique son. And uh, our youngest son, John, and I'll be using his life. He inspired, he touched so many lives uh, in his 28 years here on this earth. And uh, when Johnny went home to be with the Lord, um, uh, God put on our heart to write a book. So we've written a book. I'll talk about that a little bit more in the morning service. And then the Lord, shortly after uh, we were in the midst of writing the book, God put on our heart this ministry. As Pastor said, uh, we have had other preachers, other, I had a matter of fact, it was. Uh, Last week, the pastor said, I have never had, had a ministry like this. And now this is, a, this is a guy who's my age, maybe even a little bit older, and have never heard a ministry quite like this. So it's not that we're anything special, folks. We're just doing what God put on our heart. We're trying to follow what the Lord would have us to do. And so uh, as the day goes on today, uh, hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. Uh, we want to encourage, we want to uh, 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 educate, and we want to equip God's saints to live in spite of whatever it is they're going through, amen, and also be able to help others. So this morning, Job chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse number 13. These first four words, everyone should be able to relate to, and there was a day. No matter how old you are, no matter matter where your station in life is today, there's going to be a day. Say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, we'll go on here in Job's life. There was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, There came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell uh, fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now, and we thank you for the privilege, Lord, and the opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can come together in the name of Jesus Christ, open the word of God, 
and Lord, gain encouragement and insight in order to your And there may be here someone, some, may be here this morning, someone that's not saved. Lord, I pray that you would even work in their heart during the Sunday school hour. So, God, we just ask now that you would guide and direct, give us wisdom to follow, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the book of Job is uh, my personal favorite out of all the books of the Bible. The book of Job, because it's been such an encouragement in my life. I've gained a lot of insights. I've, I, I love the book of Job. Uh, Job suffered beyond what you and I can imagine. The things that Job went through in his life, um, uh, no one that I know of has ever gone through anything save the Lord Jesus Christ himself that would compare to what Job went through. But yet Job stayed faithful to God. He stayed faithful to the Lord. He did what God wanted him to do. He kept, he'd lost everything. He eventually loses his own health. Uh, his wife tells him to curse God and die. His friends come to encourage him, amen, and, uh, and uh, uh, end up accusing him of uh, having sin in his life. And that's the reason why all these things happened to him. Yet uh, Job stayed faithful to the Lord. This morning I want to talk to you about unexpected things. Pastor mentioned it uh, already. Um, all of us have things in our lives that happen to us that are unexpected. But I want us to talk about this morning is being prepared for unexpected things. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? How, how in the world can we be prepared for something? Because unexpected means we're not expecting it, right? Well, have you ever flown on an airplane? They tell you, before you ever leave the gate, they've got the little placards out, and the stewardesses point to the lights that'll shine up. If the plane, in the unevent, uh, unexpected event that something happens, if you have to get out of the plane, this is how you do it. If we, uh, if we crash in the water, this is how you get out of the plane. Now, they are not expecting the plane to go down, right? It's not like they're saying, hey, huh. There's a 50-50 chance here that we're going to have a problem and we're going to tell If they did that, the airline industry would not be in business anymore, would it? If you ever go on a cruise, they, 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 they tell you to all, to all to muster in certain areas. This is the lifeboat in the unexpected event that something happens to the ship. This is where you go. This is the, the, your lifeboat. This is what you get on. So in life, a lot of times we are already preparing for the unexpected, Right? You and I, as the children of God, have unexpected things happening to us all the time. There's going to be a phone call. There's going to be a diagnosis. There's going to be uh, something that comes into our life that will change our life, and a lot of times change it permanently. Unexpected things happen. This is what happened to Job. He didn't expect for these things to happen. He didn't plan for these things to happen. But the fact of the matter is, Job was prepared for these things to happen in his life. Our desire should be that you and I would react in the same fashion that Job did. After all these problems, after all this heartache, after all these trials, in the midst of it all, in Job chapter 13, verse 15, it says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. My wife and I adopted Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1 is, is our life verse, if you will. It says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There were a lot of times we got up in the morning, beautiful sunny day like today, and before the day was over, we were sitting in an emergency room at, at, at a hospital somewhere with our son. We need to be prepared for 
the unexpected. Job was ready for the unexpected. I want you to look in Job chapter 1 and verse number 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. Verse number 6. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? So hear Job's testimony that God gave him. He was a man that, that walked with God. And if you and I are going to be ready for the unexpected before it happens, friend, we need to get a walk with God right now. Before the trials come, before the heartaches come, you need to be walking with God, friend, as you go into your trials. Young people, listen to me. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to have problems. You're going to have trials in your life. You need to get a walk with God today. Be walking with the Lord today. Job, first of all, the Bible says... He was perfect. Now, that doesn't mean he was sinless. It means that he was mature in his faith. He was, a, he was a man that was developed in his faith. Now, you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, can, are at different stages of our walk with God. I've known a lot of people that have been saved a long time that were not perfect or mature in their faith. I've known people that were saved a very, very short period of time, but yet were mature in their faith in God. And what I mean by that is, is that we can have a lot of head knowledge. You can know your Bible. You can study and you can, you can have a lot of head knowledge. But friend, when we need to be people that take that head knowledge and put it in our heart. In other words, having a walk with God, having a relationship with God based upon the Word of God, amen, and the things of God. But it has to go far, it has to go beyond just the intellectual trust in God. It has to be something that's in our heart. We have to be people that are developed in our walk with God. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says, That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. You and I, if we're going to be prepared for the unexpected, if we're going to be ready for the unexpected, first of all, we need to be developed in our faith. We need to be mature believers. We need to be perfect. The Bible says he was upright. Job was an upright man. He was honest before man and before God. He was an honest man. We need to be people of integrity. People of integrity. Our word should mean something. When we tell somebody we're going to do something, when, when someone asks us a question, we need to be people that are truthful. <laughs> not, not brutally honest, amen. But we need to be truthful. I mean, sometimes the truth hurts, right? You know, I heard a preacher say one time that uh, he was just pastoring a church and he just got in and everybody warned him, whatever you do, this woman, that, this, this lady in our church is going to give you a pie. And she's going to give you a pie. And when you eat that pie, it's going to be the worst thing you've ever had in your life. They warned him. And he said, he said, oh, no, no, how bad can a pie be? After all, there's sugar in pie, right? So he got, so sure enough, he'd been there a week, and this woman comes in, here, pastor, here's this pie. He gets the pie, and he goes home, and he said, sure enough, it was the worst thing he ever ate in his life. What happened the next service? That lady walks up to him and says, oh, pastor, 
how was the pie? And now he's, th- I got to be honest, right? He said, ma'am, I've never tasted a pie quite like that. Amen. He was truthful, right? She walked away all happy. <laughs> but you and I need to be people that are, that are honest. Honest. I like to golf. I, I, I like to golf. I'm a terrible golfer. I like to golf, but I'm not any good at it. All right? And if Bobby was here, he would tell you. Him and his brother laugh at me. They mock me because I count every stroke. Crazy concept. You count every stroke. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Amen. No, 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 there's a mulligan. And then, well, we're, we're gentlemen here, and we can take another ball. I mean, every, every golfer, that, at least a hack like me, you carry two or three balls in your pocket. Why? Because if one goes in the woods, you're supposed to drop another one and hit it again, and you don't count that stroke. My boys always joke, and they laugh at me, and they call me Honest John. Amen. It's all right. I don't mind being called Honest John. I want my boys if they, if they think their dad's honest. But, you know, Job was a businessman. He was honest in his dealings. And so should you and I be as the children of God. Job, the Bible says, I mean, you know, uh, on Sunday mornings, we never, my family didn't go to church, but everybody else did. You know, I'd go look for buddies to go play with, and they were always gone. They They were at church. You know, anymore, it just seems like there's just, there's no fear of God in people's, people's lives. Another golfing story for you, I had a buddy of mine that was, he wasn't a saved man, he, he was a wicked man. I used to work with him, we'd go golfing from time to time, and, and one time we went golfing and there was thunderstorms coming. And they were off in the distance, it started to rain, and, and, and you know, it's not the wisest thing to walk around with, you know, a bag full of lightning rods, I understand that. But, but he, started, he started really getting nervous, and when it started to rain and the thunder got a little bit closer, he headed for the clubhouse. And every time the thunder would, would clap, he would seem like he'd pick up a couple of extra miles an hour. He was running so fast, pulling his cart. Rooster tails were coming off the wheels on the cart. I got back to the, got back to the clubhouse. I said, man, what were you so afraid of? He goes, I have an image of God in heaven with lightning bolts coming out of his fingers, aiming them at me. He wasn't a saved man, but he had a fear of God. He was afraid that the Lord was going to Lord was going to give me. He had a wrong idea of God, but there is a healthy fear, is there not? There's a healthy fear, healthy fear of electricity, healthy fear of heights. You respect them, and that's what you and I need to have as the children of God. If we're going to be prepared for the unexpected, we're going to be ready for the unexpected. We need to have a healthy reverence for God, a fear. For God, Then the Bible says that he eschewed evil. The old English word means to shun or to avoid. Job avoided situations that may have led him into evil or caused him to fall into sin. Many of our problems that you and I have as the children of God are self-inflicted, aren't they? You know, um, I love uh, um, R.U. R.U. is uh, close to my, near and dear to my heart. Um, and uh, Brother Currington... One of the greatest illustrations he always gave, you know, young people always get mad at your parents because they're always telling you, you know, we, we want to be separated from the world. We want to keep standards. We want to keep, get as far away from the world as you possibly can. And the reason is too many Christians walk as close to the world and as close to sin as they can and hope they will never suffer the ill effects of sin, right? I'm going to stay as close as I can. Well, here's the problem. When you do that, when you stay as close to the world as you can, no Christian in their right mind wants to go back to the world or fall back into sin. 
All right? Not if you're walking with God. Not if you're right with God. But if you stay as close to the world as you can, the step from where you are to the step to where you don't want to be isn't very far. But if you get yourself as far away from the world as you possibly can and, 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 and try to keep yourself as clean as you can and try to stay away from the world as much as you can, the, the, the step from here to go to where you don't want to be is a lot further. And it takes a lot longer. And you have opportunity for people to come up and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know, I just noticed something. Or, or the convicting power of the Spirit of God will keep you from ending up where you don't want to be. We need to fear evil. We need to eschew evil, shun evil, stay away from it, as far away from it as we possibly can. Then the Bible tells us that Job was a man of prayer. Job sacrificed for his children. He sacrificed for them. He, he had a concern that they would have sinned. They would, they, would have, they would have cursed God. Job had a concern for his family. He prayed for his family. Having communication with God, friend, before you fall into, before the unexpected happens, is so vital. We need to be people that are in constant communication, pray without ceasing, in constant communication with the Lord, so that when the unexpected does happen, the communication lines are open. Lord, I don't understand. Lord, I don't know why this is happening. We can talk to God. We can, we can have that communication with the Lord. We need to be sure that those communication lines are open. Hey, friend, you know, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If you're here today and you know, you, you know that there's sin in your life, you know you've been convicted of it, but you're, you're refusing to let go of it, you're refusing to repent of it, friend, your, your prayers get no further than the ceiling. We need to be on praying ground. We need to be sure that we are in a place in our lives where our communication lines are open with God before the unexpected happens. So first of all, Job had a walk with God. Then I want us to see that Job had a witness. Look at Job chapter number 3 and verse number 25. Job chapter 3, verse 25. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Job had a witness in his life. Job was not a nominal believer. He had an act of faith, yet trouble came. You know, there's this misconception in Christianity today that if I do everything right, man, I'm not going to have any problems. It's as if God owes us something because we're doing the right thing. Friend, we know that that's not true. The problem is it's not biblical. We need to be people that understand that, that we need to walk with God because we love the Lord. You know, Paul, James, John, they all suffered trials, didn't they? They all went through, through difficulties, if you want to you call it that. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So many Christians treat God like some spiritual Santa Claus. You know, have you been a good little boy? Have you been a good little girl? Then I'll give you what you want. 
or a genie in a lamp. If I do everything right, I'm rubbing that lamp and God's going to grant me three wishes. Hey, friend, hey, that's not, that's not Bible. God is a, is, a, is a sovereign God. He's going to use us in the way that he chooses to use us. Job took risks in his witness. He said, I was not in safety. He didn't live behind the scenes. He was out front with his witness. You and I need to be willing to put ourselves at risk with our witness. Identifying ourselves as a child of God. I belong to the king. And and I'm going to live my life for the Lord. Willing to take some ridicule for our faith. Amen. Too many saved people want to live the safe Christian life. The secret disciple. Secret disciple. Hey friend, we can't live a secret. We're supposed to be people that are, that are out front with our witness, letting people know I'm a child of God, living for Christ, doing those things that would, that would please the Lord. Job was a tireless servant also. He said he didn't have any rest. He didn't rest on his blessed assurance, amen. He served people, he served God. He even taught the friends that later would accuse him of, uh, of sin being in his life. He had taught them when they were younger. He, ta- he had helped them. He was a servant of God, he was a tireless. In preparation for the unexpected, you and I need to be busy serving God, not resting. Now as we serve the Lord, what's going to happen? The devil's going to say, oh no, this isn't going to fly. So he's going to resist you. He's going to fight against you. He's going to do everything in his power to keep you from being what God wants you to be. But can I say today, if we maintain a witness through our trials, God will use us in a great way. Maintain our witness through our trials. Not give up on God. Then the Bible says that Job was vocal in his witness, neither was I quiet. He spoke of his faith in God. You and I need to put our Christianity not only on display in our life, but also eventually we need to speak. We need to tell people about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We need to tell people that they too can be born again, that they too can have the same hope that you and I have. We need to be ready for the unexpected. And then I want us to see, look back again into Job chapter 1, verse 20. I want us to see Job's reaction to the unexpected. The Bible says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, sin, uh, Job sinned not nor charge God foolishly. The Bible tells us Job's reaction to all that he had just lost was he worshipped. He worshipped God. You know, the Bible doesn't say that he praised God. The Bible doesn't say that he thanked God. As a matter of fact, those words are not even in the book of Job. But he worshipped God. He, he still trusted the one that allowed this to happen into his life. Whoa. So many times, you and I, we get angry with God. We get upset with God. But Job worshipped God. 
Job began the process of grief. I read where grief is def- was defined by a person. It says grief is the process of facing the death of a dream. And we grieve over a lot of different things. It's not just the loss of a, of a loved one. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a loss of a relationship. It could be a, a, a myriad of different things that, that we grieve over. Because it's a loss. It's a loss. It's the death of a dream, of a future. Job's reaction to his loss was to worship God. Again, the words praise and thanks are not even, not even in the book of Job. He knew that he in himself did not possess the strength he needed to have a consistent walk with God. You know, on the day that Johnny was born, our, our youngest son Johnny was born, and I'll talk a little bit more about him in the morning service, the catalyst for our ministry, if you will. The day that he was born, it was a shock to us. He was, Johnny was never a burden. I thank God that he allowed my wife and I to be his parents. He was a blessing. He wasn't a burden. But I'll tell you, it was a shock the day that he was born. And I was in the delivery room, and my wife had a cesarean section, and Boy, it's the first time I was ever to be able to be in the delivery room. And, hey, man, I'm, I'm all thinking I'm cool in my scrubs, you know. And, and, uh, and uh, they're there. And then uh, that joy, that joyful moment changed in an instant. The unexpected happened. And they escorted me out of the, out of the delivery room into the locker room to change back into my clothes. And I remember leaning up against the lockers with tears streaming down my face, saying, God, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. You're going to have to give me your grace and your strength. You're going to have to give me your power. Because I didn't, I didn't possess it in myself. You know, I tried to thank God. I tried to praise God. Now we know that the word of God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I tried to praise God, but can I tell you, I hurt so deep that I couldn't. I tried to thank God, but the pain was so intense. It was, it was, it was shallow. It wasn't real. But I just felt that, that that's what you're supposed to do. Job worshipped God. And we need to understand that today. We need to react to the unexpected by worshiping God and staying true to the Lord. And then Job had to reconcile the unexpected. And this is where the the Christian life, a lot of times, it's difficult. It's difficult. And what I mean by that is, we know God loves us, right? Amen? God loves you greater than any person that could ever love you on the face of this earth. God loves you with a perfect love. He loves you with an eternal love. You're saved. You're going to experience that love from now and for, for eons and eons and forever and ever. Amen. We know God loves us. But when the unexpected happens, we also know that God's in control. We also know that God could have prevented this pain. Remember when, when, when Lazarus died and Jesus finally showed up after his, his friend had died? Martha and Mary both said the same thing to him. If you had been here, our brother had not died. In other words, Jesus, you could have kept me from hurting so deeply. We've all been there. 
The hardest thing, I think, for you and I to do a lot of times is to reconcile the love of God and the pain that we're experiencing and realizing that we are suffering in the direct will of God. That's hard sometimes because it hurts so much. That's where Job was. That's what he had gone through. First of all, when we reach those points, friend, we have to be honest about how we feel. How we feel. Job chapter 3 and verse number 1, the Bible says, After this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and in the night which uh, it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. Uh, Drop down to verse number 11. Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did not the knees prevent me? And Or why did uh, the breast that I should suck? For now should I have uh, lain still and been quiet. I should have slept. Then I had been at rest. Job was honest to himself and honest before God about how he felt. You know, friend, can I, can I tell you something? God can handle the why question. God can handle the why question. When your heart's broken, he knows what you're going through. He understands what you're going through. Job asked, why didn't you just let me die if you were going to let me ha- uh, go through all this? He was honest. He was honest with himself. He was honest with God. Don't be afraid to ask the question, why? Got to be honest with God and honest with ourselves about the questions that are going on. The Lord knows our heart better than we do, right? But you know, us children of God, we, we can't ever ask the question why. Are you asking it in your heart? <laughs> right? I'm not saying, hey, the Bible says that, that Job never sinned with his mouth, nor did he charge God foolishly. There's a difference. Between asking God, why? You know, we always ask the questions that we probably will never get an answer to. But, why, Lord? You know, we, we, get, we get so afraid of that. And a lot of times, we stuff our feelings because we think it's sin. We think it's wrong for us to ask why. So we'll stuff how we feel. And that's counterproductive, is it not? That, that will hurt us in the long run, especially if we're going through the grief. If you're in the process of grief, friend, you've got to let that process, you've got to get through the process and allow our feelings to be real. Be real. That's what I love about the book of Job. It's real. Job's not a superhuman being. He was just a man going through deep, deep waters. <clears throat> Again, Job did not charge God foolishly or sin with his lips, but he did ask why. We also reconcile the love of God and the pain that we, have, we, we feel by recognizing God owns everything we possess. We think we possess. <laughs> it's all God's. Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's all God's, friend. 
And that includes our families, our spouses, our possessions. Job lost everything and then lost his health. But he understood it all belonged to God anyway. What, are we not going to receive good and evil at the hand of God? He gave us all these things. We need to understand today. We need to recognize that everything we have comes from God. James chapter 1, verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift uh, cometh from above and cometh down, uh, excuse me, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. All that we have has been given to us by God. We are just stewards of what God has given us. Temporarily in charge of. You know, Years ago, I saw a picture in the newspaper. For those of you that don't know what a newspaper is, it's this big paper that they used to send. They'd deliver it to a house, you know. But there was a picture in the newspaper of someone had died. Some rich woman had died. And the headline was, you can't take it with you. Or can you? And they were lowering a jaguar into a grave. And apparently she was inside the jaguar because this was her favorite car. And I'm, I'm thinking... Now, boy, there's, there's futility if I've ever seen it, you know. I don't know where she's at, heaven or hell, but I know one thing, that jaguar's rusting in the ground right now. We're not taking anything with us. Job says, naked came out into this world, and I'm going, I'm leaving the world the same way. Everything belongs to God. We need to acknowledge that God owns everything. And then I want us to see the reward of the unexpected. Look at Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38. I just zipped right through the book of Job. In verse number 1, Job is at the place where, where, where he had lost everything, lost his health. His wife told him to curse God and die. His friends, friends have accused him and they've had this banter back and forth. And in verse number, or chapter number 38 and verse 1, the Bible says, Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, The reward of the unexpected child of God is God's going to show up. God's going to show up in your trial, in your heartache, in your pain. The Lord's going to show up. Although Job saw his trials as coming from God, we knew that they were an attack from Satan. Satan was trying to, 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 to refute what God had said about his servant. Oh, yeah, uh, does not Job serve you in vain? Or serve you? I mean, I mean he's, you put a hedge about him. I can't touch him. Take down your hedge and watch what happens. He's going to curse you to your face. God said, oh, yeah, you can have him, but don't touch him. Then he said what? You can touch him, but don't kill him. But you see, Job knew. Job would use, uh, God would use Job's trials to make him a vessel fit for the master's use. Job 23, verse 10 says, But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know, at the end of Job's trials, God blessed him. Doubled his possessions. He had ten more children. But the restoration of all the things that Job had must have been tempered by the fact that 
He had lost ten children before that. You know, Job being a businessman, a godly businessman, all the servants that died, I bet he had good relationships with a lot of them. And he lost a lot of good friends. But God blessed Job again. But the one thing that Job knew, the end of his trials, was the presence of God. God showed up. Child of God, we have a promise in Scripture that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. And whatever it is you may be going through this morning, or whatever it is that you may go through next week, or down the road, can I tell you something? God's going to show up. The Lord's going to show up in your trial, in your heartache, in your pain, in your unexpected. He'll show up. It may not be in a whirlwind, but it might be in a verse of Scripture that he speaks to your heart. It might be a message that your pastor preaches. It might be just that still, small voice in your time of prayer where God's going to show up. And you're going to know that whatever it is you're going through, he's with you. His hand will be upon you, and he'll help you get through whatever it is you're going through. You will know and experience his presence during, during the unexpected in ways that you never have before. You'll know the real you know, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Hmm. When do we really get to know God? If we stay faithful during those times of suffering. If we stay faithful during the time of the unexpected, God shows up in a great and a mighty way in our lives. And we learn things and we get an intimacy with God that we would never have experienced had we never gone through the trial in the first place. David said, it was good for me that I had been afflicted. Ouch. He will reward your trusting him and staying faithful through your the unexpected. So today, are we trusting God in spite of the unexpected? Do you have a walk with God today, Christian? Let me finish with this. A fellow that I used to go to Detroit Rescue with, Mission with all the time and, and preach, we'd go down there once a month. He was older than me. He had a son that was in his 30s, got saved as a young man in, in church, got away from the Lord, got backslid, was living in the world. And in his 30s, his early 30s, he contracted cancer. And he told me the saddest thing for me as his dad is to try to watch my son regain a walk with God that he could have had for all these years. He said it's, it's a struggle to watch him pray and try to get that back, something that he should have had before he ever got cancer. You say, well, if you had been walking with God, would he, have, would he have still gotten the cancer? Probably. I don't know. I'm not God. But I know one thing. He could have walked into that trial walking with God rather than being away from God. Hey, do you know God today? I don't mean do you know about God, but do you know him today? 
do you have a walk with the Lord? Are, are you an honest Christian? I heard a preacher say one time, man, when a Christian, when a man comes up and he's a businessman and I'm doing dealings with him and he says, says, says well, I'm a Christian businessman. He goes, I grab my wallet, man, and I hold on tight. Amen. Sad to say, but that's true in a lot of cases, isn't it? Us children of God, we need to be honest. Do you have a fear of God today? Not, we need to get that respect for the Lord. Are you trying to walk the line, child of God? Are you trying to get as close to the world and close to sin as you possibly can and hope you will never suffer the effects? Friend, you need to get as far away from there as you possibly can because someday you'll find yourself have crossed that line. And you'll look back and say, how did I ever get here? Have a witness. Have an act of faith. Don't be a nominal believer. You can't wait until the unexpected happens to prepare. Be prepared today. And then, my friend, when the unexpected happens, look for the Lord. Because he's there. And he'll show up in a great and powerful way in your life if you let him. Let's pray.